Welcome to the New England Baseball Journal podcast presented by Firecracker Sports. I'm your host, Dan Guttenplan. Today's guest is a player who recently went through the MLB draft experience and has been lighting up the Cape League since. He made the decision to return to college at Vanderbilt. Slugger Dom Keegan will share his draft experience with us, and we're looking forward to hearing how his time around differed from the experience out of Central Catholic High School in Massachusetts in 2018. Dominic slipped to the 19th round of the MLB draft before getting selected by the New York Yankees. He chose to turn down a six-figure signing bonus for a chance to compete for a national championship next year at Vanderbilt. Before we get to the interview with Dom, I want to make sure you are aware of some of the content that's available to New England Baseball Journal subscribers. The East Coast Pro Showcase and Area Code games are right around the corner, and some of the top high school and prep players from New England will be representing the Northeast in front of hundreds of pro and college scouts. We have stories on all of the players selected for each of those high-profile showcase events. Go to BaseballJournal.com to check out all of the top prospects who will be playing in those national tournaments. The summer edition of New England Baseball Journal has also been mailed to our subscribers. If you're interested in receiving a copy of this magazine, which recognizes every state champion in all six New England states, click on the subscribe tab at baseballjournal.com. And now, without further ado, let's get right to the interview with Dom Keegan. We're back with Methuen, Massachusetts native Dom Keegan, who was one of the top hitters in the SEC this spring with Vanderbilt. Welcome to the pod, Dom. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, Dom, I'm almost hesitant to ask you about the Terrier on right now on the Cape because I don't want to jinx it, but it seems like every time I get on Twitter in the morning, it, there, there's a tweet about a Dom bomb, uh, and I'm like, am I watching this from the day before or what's going on here? But you've got five home runs in your first 10 games on the Cape. Is there any extra motivation uh, that you're playing with down there, or what's going on? Um, not really. You know, I'm just going out there every day and having fun, and you know, just trying to compete, um, get some more at bats, and, and try to win some ball games. Has the Cape League? Uh, you know, you hear about how it's kind of a magical place down there, and everybody talks about you know the the families coming together and watching it. Has it been a pretty special experience, or how have you found it down there? It has been special. I've had a great experience down there, um, surrounded by a great group of guys, um, great group of coaches. Um, so, yeah, my experience down there has been, has been pretty awesome so far. And I, I know one thing that you've kind of made a priority this summer and um, even going into next season at, at Vanderbilt is moving back behind the plate uh, to catcher, and that's kind of your natural position, what you've been playing all, all the time. And now I know it definitely seems like catchers – when it comes to the major league draft are valued more than corner infielders or even, um, you know, outfielders or anything like that. You see the catchers come off the board pretty quick. Uh, you've said that's not really a motivating factor is kind of improving your draft status. It's more just that you see it as your natural position. How have you find found the move back behind the plate and, uh, has it come pretty naturally to you? Um, Somewhat naturally, I would say, um, you know, it takes a lot of work to, to be good back there. So, you know, for me, it's just getting those reps in, um, catching different guys um, and just just tweaking a few things, um, trying to trying to get my groove back back there. Um, but, yeah, that's that's kind of the reason I wanted to go to the Cape is just to, you know, get behind the plate, get some innings back there, get some reps back there. So um, being able to do that, it's been great. Um, and, you know, I feel a lot better back there. So. 
And it's there's so many different aspects to being a good catcher, um, calling the game, you know, framing pitches, all that type of stuff. What what have you found to be some of the bigger challenges? Um, you know, just just how to handle certain pitches, um, receiving wise, and then you know, obviously the catch and throw piece. Um, it's just a little bit different, a little bit different arm action than you know uh, you would at you know first base or, or the outfield or something like that. Um, so just getting back into the groove of, of those, um, types of mechanics and types of moves, um, that's, that's kind of been my focus down there. So, yeah. And I know you've said, uh, you know, you're willing to do whatever it takes to win and you weren't necessarily frustrated by, uh, playing first base for the last couple of years at Vanderbilt. But, um, did you ever find like, sometimes you hear when guys are playing at a position or, you know, not necessarily at a position, but not in that, at their main position, they get a little uncomfortable and then even it affects their hitting and things like that. Did you ever go through anything like that where it was uncomfortable for you to be uh, moved at, away from the catching position? No, no, not at all. I, I don't think Corbs would put me in an uncomfortable position like that. Um, I think I was put at first base because it was the, it was the best option for, you know, the, the team to succeed at the, at the, at the time. Um, but, you know, moving forward, I want, I want to be the best option for the team to succeed with me behind the plate. Um, so, you know, that's kind of my goal. I want to go back to kind of your early days playing baseball and probably when you fell in love with, uh, being a catcher for the first time. But when you, when you first got started, was, was baseball something that came pretty naturally to you? Did you always find that you were one of the best players for your age group? Uh, yeah, somewhat. I mean, I've been playing baseball my whole life. So, um, you know, I've always been, been in love with the game and, um, it's something that I've worked on, you know, day after day. And, and yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't say I, I was always the best player. I've, I've been playing with kids like, um, you know, Steven Hazard. And, you know, I play with a bunch of, of great players. But, um, yeah. Yeah, you always hear about guys who um, put up these crazy numbers at Little League. You know, they hit like 15, 20 home runs when they get to like, you know, their 12-year-old year. Did you did you have that experience? Did you experience anything like that? Um. Yeah, I would say when I was maybe it was ten U, um, I hit like twelve or fifteen home runs in like the little league like league, and um, they would like put the the stats up on the like online, or it'd be like by the the snack pub, and I had more home runs than like most of the twelve year olds and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And when did you start to get a sense that you might be playing baseball beyond high school? I would say when I was like 12 years old, um, you know, kind of moving from the Little League Diamond to the Big Diamond, um, I figured, you know, this is something that I really want to do and, and something that I really enjoy and, and have passion for. So um, it's kind of like, let's just do it. Yeah. How did you end up at uh, Central Catholic? Did you go there uh, for high school or did you start earlier than that? Um, so I, I actually, obviously Lawrence Mass is where Central Catholic is, the town over for me and um, I just grew up going to, you know, Central Catholic basketball games and um, I kind of fell in love with the, the atmosphere and, and the culture they had over there. Um, and I didn't really know much about the baseball program, but I knew that, you know, that was a type of high school that I wanted to be a part of, um, you know, just watching how the student body interacted with one another. Um, it was just somewhere that I wanted to be. Um, and I was a basketball player as well. And, you know, I had hopes of playing basketball and, and at there one day and, um, you know, so it was, was kind of easy for me to, to 
decide to go there and and I'm glad I did change my life and uh, I'm grateful for you know my time at Central Catholic so you were more of a basketball player when you were going into high school (laughs) no not as much but um I did enjoy it and um the basketball games there got got crazy Uh, they got a good crowd every night and you know just looked like a fun atmosphere and like I said when, when I was at those games when I was a little kid you know just um watching the, the the student body there and you know the faculty and stuff like that and meeting them and stuff like that um I kind of just fell in love with the place and um yeah yeah I'm actually from that area um and those basketball you know Central Catholic Lowell Lawrence those are big mm-hmm. rivalry games and you're right those basketball the basketball atmosphere really kind of sell you on any of those mm-hmm. schools uh what, what did the baseball program I mean I know you were there with Steve Hajar so when you were there they were really strong was it what, did they have a strong program before you got there um I'm not sure um I know they had one maybe a couple NBC titles before that um but yeah no I'm not really too sure on you know the, the background before I got there yeah and it is crazy that you know when you think of it Steve Hajar he was a second round pick in the draft you were you know big time player in the sec this year what when did you start to get a sense like this is a pretty special battery to have pitcher and catcher at the high school level you know both you guys could end up playing pro baseball what was it like to see steve develop um you know at central catholic i mean you know it was awesome i mean we've been playing together since we were eight years old um and just to to continue to to grow and develop together um and kind of go through you know the the high school phase, the area code phase, um, getting scouted by colleges, um, and then eventually, you know, professional baseball, um, kind of just going through the journey of, of, you know, a baseball player's life. Um, we kind of did it together and it was pretty cool. Um, you know, I mean, I think I, I knew he was special probably around freshman, sophomore year of high school. Um, you know, we were the two only freshmen that made varsity, and, and we kind of, you know, we kind of just went through everything together. Um, and, yeah, he, I mean, he's a special talent. He's a special kid, and I'm so happy for him and, and what he's achieved so far. You mentioned the area code games, and we've got a lot of guys, um, you know, six or eight guys that are, you know, high school incoming high school seniors that are going to experience that here in the next couple of weeks. When I've talked to players like Sebastian Keen and other guys who have gone through that experience, that's really the time that you see those scouts behind the backstop for the first time, and you really have to learn how to perform uh, in front of people who are you know, making decisions on your professional future. What was that like for you? How, how was it to finally you know, get all those scouts and say, hey, wow, this is an opportunity for me to showcase my skills? Yeah, I mean, soak it all in. Uh, it's not going to be the last time. Um, so, I mean, you kind of got to get used to, you know, people in the stands, um, you know, but for me, the air coach experience was, uh, unforgettable, you know, uh, being on a team with kids from all around the country and, and kids you've never met before. And, you know, you spend a week together and, you know, you kind of know each other for the rest of your life. Um, I, I mean, I still run into guys in the air coach team that whether it's in the SEC or, or, you know, a non-conference game or even summer ball and you're like, Hey, what's up? Like, we used to play in the area team together and, you know, it's just like that quick connection. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the scouts in the stands, I mean, you don't get anything like that anywhere else. Um, and then, I mean, for the rest of your career, it's kind of like that. So, I mean, you got to just get used to it and get comfortable with it and, uh, 
how to learn just to uh, stay between the lines. Yeah. Now the area code games, East coast pro showcase, you know, those are the two big ones that, um, but like I said, you know, a handful of guys make that from new England, maybe six, eight guys tops. What are some other showcases? Were, were there any other showcases that you thought, uh, these are really valuable. These are ones that you can get seen and scouted and, you know, possibly get offers to college. Were there other tournaments like that? Um, I would say the, the WWBA in Georgia was one of the big tournaments for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also a, a tournament in Fort Myers, I believe, that I went to um, with the show here in New England. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, I mean, you kind of can't worry about the re- recruiting process. I mean, if you're good enough, they'll, they'll find you. Um, you know, for me, it was just working on my game every single day and um, trying to be better every single day, like I said. Um I mean, that was that was the biggest thing for me is like, don't don't worry about control what you can control. I mean, I can't control schools coming to my games, um, but I can control, you know, how I play every day. So, um, yeah, that was it for me. I thought one of the biggest or the hardest things to transition for me from going from high school athletics to college athletics was the lifting. And I just found my freshman year, I just walked around sore, you know, for the entire year. I just never got used to it. Uh, what was your training, you know, strength training like in high school? And what, what did you find in terms of that transition to college? Um, you know, I've always worked out um, with a trainer or, um, you know, at a gym where, where there's there's trainers around. Um, you know, and through high school, I worked at I worked out at actually New Hampshire at um, this place called Drive Custom Fit. Um, the guys over there have been awesome. And, the, you know, I go over there whenever I'm home and, and they help me out. Um, and obviously when I'm at school, I work out with, you know, our trainer there. Um, and, you know, I think strength and conditioning is, is a huge, it's a huge piece in all of this. Um, you know, be, being able to, to play through whether it's a college season and it's almost 70 games or, you know, summer ball where you're playing every day um, to get in the gym and, and to make yourself durable to, enough to, you know, perform every single day is huge. It's very important, I believe so. It's a difficult thing, I would I would think, baseball-wise, because I talk to football players sometimes that, you know, mm-hmm. oh, we don't like to lift on the day of games. We want to go in fresh and feeling good. But baseball, you're playing, you know, five, six games a week. You have to lift on the day of games. Otherwise, you're you're just not lifting in season. Is there Are there ways to kind of avoid, you know, having that become detrimental to you once you're on the field for games? Um, I think, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, do too much in the gym, you know, just trying to do enough where, you know, you get a good workout in and, and you feel like you were, you did something um, positive strength and condition wise. Um, nothing to, you know, put you at risk to not be able to get on the field. Cause I mean, the whole reason you're in the, in the, in the weight room is to, to perform on the field. So I mean, you don't want to put uh, playing in jeopardy. So, I mean, you know, just keeping it simple and, and, you know, doing things that'll, that'll, make you perform better on the field. Thanks for listening. We'll be back after this message. Firecracker Sports serves all first-time and experienced coaches that are looking for quality showcase tournaments to promote their players and teams. We offer the most independently operated baseball and softball events in the Northeast region with qualified staff and college coaches to help you and your players get maximum promotion. Besides events, you can get all your baseball and softball needs with our player profiles, hotels, and even facility sales now. With Firecracker Sports, you can save time, effort, and money by getting all of your event's college resources and customer attention 
in one place every season. I want to talk to you about your recruiting experience at Vanderbilt. I hear from a lot of guys from New England that once once Vanderbilt's in on the recruiting process, that's like the dream. That's where they want to end up. Was Vanderbilt always something in your mind that would have been the top option, or what was your recruiting experience like there? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you watch them in the College World Series 2014, 2015. Um, you're like, yeah, that's a, that's a program I want to be a part of. Um, and knowing that Corbs is a, is a New England guy, um, it was definitely my dream school. Um, and unfortunately, um, I didn't really get reached out to, to any SEC schools right away. Um, one of my first uh, offers was from Virginia Tech, and I had committed there early on. Um, and then with a coaching change, um, Brownie over at Vanderbilt reached out to me right away, and it was kind of like, yep, like this is where I want to go. This is where I want to be. Um, I don't care what I have to do. I'm, I'm going I'm to play there. So, yeah, that's how I went. When was that during your high school experience? Uh, the end of my junior year was when I, I kind of transitioned. Oh, um, wow. The, Were you getting recruited by New England schools too, or was it just Virginia Tech and Vanderbilt? Uh, yeah, um, Northeastern, UMass Lowell, um, Boston College. Um, yeah. But you wanted to get out of New England? Um, I wouldn't say I wanted to get out of New England. Um, I wanted to put myself up against you know the best competition in the country. Um, and I felt like I was doing that in, in Vanderbilt, um, playing in the SEC every day. Uh, I mean, I just don't think it gets better than that. Um, and, you know, if I can if I can play against the best in the country, um, it's only going to uh, improve my game. So that's how I saw it. And people love seem to love the campus, too, when they visit the school. It seems like a really cool place. And um, what was it like once you got down there? Because it's, you know, coming from Massachusetts, I would think that's a transition. You're You're down in Tennessee. What did you find in terms of like the culture and the lifestyle and, you know, the campus and all that? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely different. Um, I didn't really know anybody going in either. So that, that made it kind of tough, but um, you know, j- just the, the culture that we have over there, it, it made it a lot easier, um, you know, getting to know guys and kind of getting to know the area. Um, like you said, Nashville is, is amazing. It's, it's beautiful. Um, it's got everything you need. And um, I've really fallen in love with the place. How often do you go downtown? Uh, every now and then. Have you been to the Opry at all? Are you are you a country uh, guy? Uh, a little bit, a okay. little bit. Do you want to go down there when before you I, graduate? I, I probably will eventually. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that was our producer Chris Yastrzemski. Um You hear so many guys that are, um, you know, just raving about the experience with Corbs down at uh, Vanderbilt and. You know, it's tough with college coaches. Sometimes I take them with a grain of salt because uh, a lot of them are like salesmen. You see like, you know, Coach K at Duke or Roy Williams at North Carolina, and they're saying these things uh, in front of the microphone. You could tell that, you know, that's what they're saying to parents in living rooms. And then when guys come to school, sometimes they're not always, you know, getting the same type of treatment. Uh, and you never know how much is genuine, but it really seems like Corb's you know, from what the players say, they just love him. And he does seem like he's genuinely, you know, out for your best interest and wants to see you succeed and help you get there. Um, what is it like once you get there uh, after the recruiting process is over? Um, I mean, Corbs is the best there is. I mean, he's real. He's he's raw. I mean, he's going to tell you how it is, um, but he's also going to, you know, show you how to get there. Um and, you know, once you get here, you're kind of like his kid, um, you know, him and Maggie kind of take you in and 
Um, I mean, me being a kid from, you know, 18 hours away, um, they're kind of like, you know, my parents out there. I mean, I remember I had a, a little dental issue and, um, you know, Maggie took care of me right away and, and Corbs made sure that Maggie was taking care of me right away. I mean, she's like our mom out there. And um, I mean, that's just the kind of, you know, culture that we have over there. I mean, the coaches, I mean, they're like family. I mean, we're all like family out there. All the players, you know, we're all like brothers. Um, and I mean, Corbs is just able to, you know, recreate that every year. And it's it's something special. Um, and, you know, I, I'm so glad that, you know, I can be a part of that. And, and I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, it seems like every year one or two of the best guys from New England end up at Vanderbilt. Is there like a New England section of the the clubhouse where you guys are hanging out? Or do you guys talk about, you know, Red Sox, Patriots, all that stuff? Or is it – do you just mix in with everybody else? No, there's definitely a, a little West Coast, East Coast um, rivalry. But, no, I mean, I, there's guys from all over the country. So, I mean, there's a good blend of, um, you know – everything there is um so i mean i think it's so awesome that you know we have kids from all over the country like that because you I mean you get to know and, and learn about different parts of of the country and how how things are over there and and i mean i mean everybody's different but we're able to blend together in, in, a, in a special way it's um it's amazing yeah and now now once you started at vanderbilt your freshman year um you were sidelined for a lot of that year right were, were you did you have an injury your freshman year no, I mean, I just, um, we had a very talented team and, and, you know, I mean, I only got a few at bats, but, um, you know, I, I learned from those guys and, and, and I learned to, you know, take a backseat, um, to a playing role. And, um, I think that that's really helped me, you know, mature, um, you know, having to sit there and, and, you know, um, fill a role that that's not on the field and actually participating in the game. Um, I mean, it was big for me and, and, you know, I mean, it's really helped me. That's such a hard thing to do. I find, you know, especially if you're an exceptional, exceptional athlete, exceptional player to sit, you know, it was probably, had you experienced anything like that before where you had to sit on the bench? No, I mean, I, I've never experienced anything like that. You know, everywhere I went, I was, I was always, you know, one of the best players. So, I mean, it was, it was a humbling experience. Um, but it, I mean, it also made me more hungry for, you know, sophomore year and junior year. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, some guys can take that situation and, and, you know, kind of sit and sulk. Um, but you know, I took it as a learning experience. I mean, you know, I'm around some of the best players in the country and, and I'm going to pick their brains and, and try to get as much information that I can from them. Um, so that it can, it can improve my, my game and, and, you know, the team later on when, you know, these guys aren't around and, you know, I'm one of the guys here, so. Yeah, and you hear now nowadays uh, a lot of coaches complain that when guys are in that situation that you're describing, they enter the transfer portal and they end up at another school. And I'm not even critical of guys that do that because you've got to do what's best for you. And sometimes coaches will, you know, bring somebody in that's going to start over you for the next two years and you got to do what's best for you. But was there ever a time that you considered like, hey, you know, maybe I maybe I transfer and, you know, start over somewhere else? No, not not once. I mean, Vanderbilt was my dream school. It's where I wanted to be. Um, you know, the whole reason I went to Vanderbilt was to, you know, put myself up against the best. Um, and, you know, I just knew that, you know, if I put the work in and, and and just trust that, you know, one day I'll be able to I'll be able to play here. Um it was never a place that I wanted to leave. I mean, even if I didn't 
didn't play the next two years, I don't think I would have left. I mean, it's just that special of a place. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I mean, I never thought of leaving. But, you know, I mean, I could definitely understand kids that do, um, you know, but for me, you know, going in, people might have said, you know, he's he's never going to play there. But, you know, that's that's the reason why I wanted to go there was to put myself up against the best. And, you know, I mean, if I can play on that team and, and compete in the SEC, then, you know, I'll be I'll be better off moving forward. That's a great attitude. I mean, when you can match that attitude with, you know, a great skill set, that's how you that's how you get as far as you have in the game. Uh, last, so last season was obviously disappointing for everyone because it got cut short, uh, due to the COVID situation. Um, were you starting, did you ever question that you would be able to have this type of success at, at Vanderbilt? Um, I don't think I ever questioned it. Um, but I mean, when it happens, you know, I mean, you're proud, um, you're happy for yourself, but I mean, I'm happy that, you know, I could help the team in, in a positive way, um, you know, throughout the entire season, just, just staying consistent was big for me and um, just help put my team in, in a good position to succeed every single night. Um, you know, it, it felt really good. Yeah. And then last summer, um, I think I saw you, it was down in Brockton or something. It was like a, a futures league uh, tryout or scrimmage or something against the area code guys. And uh, you crushed one. You hit a long home run at it. You just got, I got the sense watching you there, like, all right, he's got it back. This is, he's going to start heating up. And was, was last summer kind of a turning point or were you starting to turn it around uh, at Vanderbilt that spring? Or when did you really start to get a sense like, all right, I'm back? Uh, I mean, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a good summer in Nashville, um, you know, playing in the Futures League. It, it was just good for me to, to, you know, play, a large amount of games in, in a short amount of time um, just to prove to myself that, you know, my body is, is durable enough and, you know, I can, I can do this again. Um, so that was huge for me, just, just mentally, just being able to, to go out there and perform every single night. Um, but I mean, you know, going into the fall um, preseason, you know, I mean, there's ups and downs, you go through slumps and things like that. Um, but for me, it was, you know, just, just sticking to, to an approach and having a plan and, and, you know, following through with that plan. And, and, you know, you can't, you can't ride the highs and you can't ride the lows in the game. So, I mean, for me, it was just staying consistent, um, having the same mindset every single day. And, um, I mean, the results will come. Yeah. And now Vanderbilt this year, obviously a loaded roster. They had, uh, two top 10 picks in this draft with lighter and Kamar rocker, um, I would imagine, you know, there was a lot of scouts, a lot of uh, attention being paid to the team this year. You had mentioned earlier just blocking it all out, kind of keeping it between the lines, not letting that pressure get to you. Is that something that you have to consciously think about? Are you, uh, you know, do you have like strategies to calm yourself down or do you don't even worry about it? Um, I think just staying in the moment, you know, being locked in on every single pitch. Um, you know, not giving, not giving yourself the time to, you know, worry about what's going on around you. Um, and, you know, I think a big thing for us is, you know, just staying with one another, kind of, we call it being connected with one another. Um, you know, whether it's talking to each other in, in the middle of the game, communicating baseball wise, or, um, you know, just, just pointing at one another or, you know, high fives, whatever it is, just staying connected with one another and trying to keep the focus, you know, between the lines or, or in, in the dugout um, kind of takes your mind off, you know, what's happening around you. Um, and it keeps you focused on, you know, what's right in front of you. 
Yeah, and then with with two pitchers like that, you know, starting pitchers like that, you you obviously are national championship contenders, and you guys went on to have a great season, and you were a big part of that, hitting in the middle of the order and kind of the power bat for uh, for Vanderbilt. How how did you kind of push yourself to become? You know, early in the year, obviously, you know what those expectations are, uh, and it seemed like you were comfortable just being a big part of that. What was it like to be a part of that special season? Um, it was amazing. Um, you know, just being there in 2019 and then coming back with a totally different group in 2021. Um, I mean, you got one returning guy that, that, that actually played in 2019 in, in rocker. Um, and just being able to, to bring that team back to Omaha and compete for a national championship. Um, it was incredible. I mean, I mean, that's just what Coach Corbin does. I mean, that's what the coaching staff does. That's what the program does. Um, it, it just recreates success and, and, and puts us in the best position to succeed. Um, it, I mean, it's just so gratifying, you know, going through the fall, going through preseason and, and you know, throughout the year and, and just performing well and, and having fun. And, you know, at the end, obviously you compete for a national championship, but that's never the thought, you know, on a day-to-day basis. On a day-to-day basis is, you know, let's win today. Let's win the day. Let's win this pitch. Let's win this this inning. Um, and, you know, it's just amazing when, when you focus on little little steps like that, um, it leads you to, you know, competing for a national championship. Right, yeah. And now let, heading into the draft and going back to your draft experience, it's funny. You see everybody, um, you know, everybody has their rankings and they're ranking these guys 1 to 250 and all all those types of things, and you're trying to figure out where guys are going to go. What what were your expectations going into the draft? Um, You know, I, I think I had a plan for myself and – you know, I was going to stick to that plan. Um, and if it worked out, it worked out. If not, it's okay. I mean, I'm more than happy to go back to school. I mean, I, I really wanted to go back to school. I wanted to finish my degree and, and um, compete for another national championship. I mean, you know, losing last year was – this year was was tough. Um, you know, I think I, think I have – a great group of guys back at school and, and, and great coaches that, that'll develop me. And, um, I mean, it's just a special place to be. It's, it's a hard place to leave. And, and, you know, I didn't really want to leave. So. Yeah, that makes sense. When you say you had a plan for yourself, is that like you're telling scouts, Hey, this is the money I would need, or this is where I want to get, this is where I would have to get drafted to leave. Or what, what, what do you mean when you say I set a plan for myself? I think just internally, you know, I had a plan for, for you know my advisor and and we sat down and talked about it and um you know we had a number and and if it didn't hit that number then you know it wasn't worth leaving Vanderbilt yeah that makes sense and you see a lot of guys do that at Vanderbilt like you know we had uh Tyler Beatty is is an example of a guy he turned down like two and two million out of high school to go to Vanderbilt and it just seems like it has that draw um you know Mike Yastrzemski I think returned to Vanderbilt after getting drafted and it's just something special down there. What is it? Is it just the comfort and knowing that you're going to have success, or or is it the college experience that you wouldn't trade on? You know, just for an extra year of professional baseball. I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, being able to go back to college and, and finish your degree, and then you know, also knowing you know what you're going what you're going into or what you're going back to, and and what you know Vanderbilt baseball is. Um, 
you know, you, you really don't appreciate it or realize how special it is until um, you're inside of it. And, and once you're inside of it, you know, you don't want to leave it. Um, that's just how special it is. Yeah, what's interesting about the draft um, that I was thinking about the other day, the deadline to sign is August 1st. So technically, you know, you could you could still change your mind. But, um, you know, the other thing is, you know, you've kind of already gone public with the fact that you're returning to Vanderbilt. You've made that known. Has there been any negotiation, you know, over the last couple of weeks, or did they just take your word for it and leave it at that? Like I was thinking when I'm seeing these uh, down bombs on Twitter every day, I'm like, man, Maybe they're going to up their offer here with the way he's playing on the Cape. Has there been any contact at all with the Yankees? Um, I mean, I guess there's been a little bit of contact, but, um, you know, I, I mean, I've kind of said, you know, already I'm going back to school. So, yeah, that makes sense. And you bet we were talking about your former teammate, Steve Hazard. He was a second round pick. Uh, what what attributes do you think he possesses that will make him a, a, a good pro? Uh, the kid competes. I mean, he's a huge competitor. Um, I mean, he's a big lefty. He's got a good fastball, good curveball, slider, changeup. He's got a good mix of pitches. Um, but I think, you know, most importantly, I mean, he just competes. Um, and, and that's always going to put you in a good position to succeed. Yeah, one of the things that's been interesting uh, with guys playing on the Cape, you know, we've been talking to guys over the last few weeks and, you know, posting those stories to baseballjournal.com. But, the opportunity seems to come about in a different way for everybody. Like Sebastian Keen, I talked to him a few weeks ago. He was um, scheduled to be on this Cape last summer, and then just kind of they pushed the commitment. So he's known for like 18 months he was going to be playing on the Cape this summer, whereas other guys, you know, they kind of wait, waited and see what happened with the draft, or they waited, um, you know, after their college season ended and then got a late opportunity. How did your opportunity uh, to play on the Cape come about? Um, well, I actually set it up um, in in the fall. You know, I went to to my assistant coach at, at Vanderbilt and I said, you know, I want to have a spot in the Cape. Um, you know, if if that's if that's the option <clears throat> that I have, um, and he said, yeah, we can make that possible. And I was like, all right, let's let's set it up. I mean, I want to get it, you know, set in stone because um, you know, I mean, it's always been a dream to go play in the Cape. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to set it up and, and be able to go out there and play. Yeah. How does that level of play compare to what you saw in the SEC? Um, I mean, you know, college baseball is college baseball. I mean, obviously the SEC is, is a different different animal. Um, but, you know, out here it's it's still, you know, the best of the best, um, the best from every college team. And, you know, it's, it's kind of the same mentality. You got to go out there and you got to compete and perform every single day. Yeah, and obviously you said, you know, the the focus for you is making that transition back to catcher. How will that change the way that you train, you know, after this Cape League season over the rest of the summer and then into the fall? Um, you know, just just a bigger emphasis on on catching um and on defense. Um, I mean, I mean, I don't think it'll change anything, you know, weight room or strength and conditioning wise. Um, but you know, I mean, it, there's a lot more work that goes into into being a catcher than than to being a first baseman. Um, so, I mean, you know, getting your ribs back there, um, being available to catch guys, um, when they need it, um, things like that. Yeah. That Cape league lifestyle seems like it's kind of funny. Like I, um, I have some family that lives down there. They'll say, say they bump into guys in convenience stores in the morning and stuff like that. Um, what's been the, do you have any like funny anecdotes or experiences from your time on the Cape that, you know, you weren't expecting or what's been the biggest surprise so far? Um, 
you know, I, I don't really have any, any crazy stories or anything like that. Um, you know, on my team, there's a lot of guys from the West Coast. Um, and, you know, I don't really hang out with guys from the West Coast, being from the East Coast. Um, so it's been, you know, it's been enjoyable to, to be around them and kind of learn what, you know, their lifestyle is like, um, what it's like at school and things like that. Um, so, I mean, it's just been cool to, to be around a bunch of different guys. And, uh, you know, we're together every single day. Um, so, yeah, it's been fun. It's been really fun. What seems interesting about the really high level of, you know, baseball that you're involved with at the high school level and then even on to college is how many different teams you kind of bounce around from. You mentioned area code games and then, you know, you've got your travel ball and obviously Central Catholic and Vanderbilt. Now the Cape League, you had the Futures League last summer. As you look back on some of all those teams, I guess, um, who are some of the, the teammates that really stand out? Who are some of the favorite teammates that you've had over the years? Sheesh. Um, you know, high school, I mean, I could name my, my whole team, Steven Hazard, Noah Lucier, Mike Piero. Um, and then you go into Lynn, uh, when I played for the Navigators, um, you know, guys like Sal Freelich, uh, Jake Gustin. Um, and then you go into, sheesh, uh, Nashua, um, guys like Nick Shumsky, Jack Arend. Dylan Jones, um, and then you go into the Cape this year, and you know, I mean, guys like um, Hoffy and and um, and Brooks Lee, and you know Riley. I mean, there's just so many guys that you know come to mind that you know, I mean, not only are they great at baseball, but you know, they're they're good guys to be around, and um, you know, throughout the game of baseball, you know, you run into so many people and you form so many different connections. Um, it just makes you so grateful for the, for the game and, and, and you know what's done for you. I forgot you uh, played with Sal Freelich as a, you know, as you said, in Lynn, what he yeah. was, he was a first round pick this year and obviously a guy, you know, high on the radar for everybody around new England. Did you see that coming that he was going to, I mean, he's just, he's put up numbers everywhere he's been. Every season seems to be like a breakout season for him. Did you see that coming? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he's a, he's a special talent, special kid. Um, you know, he's got some tools that, that not many people have. Um, so, you know, I was really happy for him and, and, you know, what he's done throughout the years and, and to see it pay off. Um, he deserved it. That's great. Yeah. And one of the things you see more of now, especially at these, uh, big showcase events is, you know, the technology that everybody's using with the, and it's not just the radar guns, it's Rapsodo and all that. How, how do you use that stuff? How does it impact your game? Um, you know, I mean, I don't really use it too much. Um, you know, there's certain things that I like more than others. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for me when I'm at school is, you know, getting a report of, um, you know, how pitches are attacking me, uh, what pitches I'm swinging at, what, what pitches I'm, I'm, I'm taking that, you know, I should be swinging at. Um, and you know, that's kind of the biggest thing for me is just seeing those charts and, and, you know, using that to, to, you know, prepare for the next game or, you know, the next coming at bats. That's great. Well, Dom, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been great catching up, and um, we'll continue to keep an eye out on Twitter for those Dom bombs. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your summer on the Cape. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me. We're back with the New England Baseball Journal podcast. I want to thank Dom Keegan again for joining the podcast. I really like the way he talked about a lot of those showcase events that he went to in high school and how that really taught him to stay in the moment, ignore the scouts behind the backstop, 
and really just put his best foot forward on the diamond. It was interesting to hear his Vanderbilt recruiting experience. We have a lot of guys from New England who end up at Vanderbilt, and it's interesting to hear how that comes about. To keep up on all things New England baseball, visit BaseballJournal.com. We have plenty of MLB draft coverage, including the selection of Dom Keegan. We update the site with new stories daily. Click the subscribe tab to get the print edition mailed to your home or office. Follow us on Twitter at NE underscore baseball to get all of our offerings. We also want to hear from you. So if you have recommendations for guests or questions that you'd like us to ask, send a DM on Twitter or email dguttonplan at baseballjournal.com. Thanks again for listening. The New England Baseball Journal podcast is a Siemens Media podcast.